Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your hosts, Alex Harris. And with them, as always, are Tim Garner and Matt Paul. Oh. What am I doing? Hey. Oh, my God. It's been a day. Oh, oh, man. Hey, there you are. Why did I cut out for a sec? No. Oh, okay, cool. It just you sound better. <laughs> there you are. fucking believable. Classic Alex. Guys, is this our holiday episode? <laughs> it is the pre-holiday episode. Mm-hmm. It is the precursor to what will be our holiday special. Ooh. Because our holiday special, I believe, actually will come out on Christmas. Oh, no, just about. The day after. The, the day, day after, after Christmas. Christmas. The Boxing Day special. The Boxing Day special. <laughs> we'll, we'll do Creed or, or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's genius. Anyway, hello and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. You may know me from my movie starring Aaliyah's hairdresser's neighbor as the ruler of a community of beavers, except they're also vampires, Queen of the Dam. Great soundtrack. Oh, hell yeah. Way better special effects. Hi, I'm Tim Gardner, man, suit actor, mime, contortionist, green suit guy. You may know me from my near marriage destroying performance as all of the surfboards in the movie Blue Crush. Oof. It was hard work. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's Kate Bosworth in real life? Uh, you know what? She's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Paul, and I'm totally not a script doctor. And you definitely don't know me from my completely serious draft of die another day that they somehow easily turned into austin powers gold member smoke a pancake (laughs) amazing script actually thank you i'd love to see i'd love to see the serious version of that movie personally that probably would have been a better die another day actually anyway once again, in an affront to my hopes of starting a career where I make up new words for podcasts that already exist, we have some corrections from the previous episode. Um, so something that occurred to me recently that a lot of people might not know about unless they're completely insane like me is that there's actually a pre-existing cinematic universe that kind of crosses over with my idea for a Cameron McTierhoven universe, which was, I would guess you would call it the D'Souza Silververse. As in Stephen D'Souza and Joel Silver. Um, so the movie Commando, which was written by uh, D'Souza, is set mm-hmm. in Val Verde, which is a fictional right. country. Now, Predator, although D'Souza is not involved in that movie, he swears up and down that it is also taking place in Val Verde, although there's a lot of things that conflict with that, but whatever, right? right? And then yep. the general from Die Hard 2 is from Val Verde. Pacific and Atlantic Courier are, uh, you know, shipment companies that are in Die Hard and the movie Speed. And Gail Wallens, the reporter from Die Hard, is also in the movie Ricochet that is uh, was written by Fred Decker um, and directed by Russell Mulcahy and has uh, John Lithgow and Denzel Washington in it. So there's like this little interconnected universe, technically, with all those movies. The Valverdiverse. The Valverdiverse. Also, a thing that I I insisted on saying was confirmed news for quite some time was that Nev Campbell actually did end up agreeing to be in Scream 6. 
This was based on information from the the somewhat infamous uh, internet scooper viewer Anon, who is known for being actually accurate. And he has come out saying that apparently she really is not in it, and he was misinformed by someone else. So I apologize for any of the news that we gave saying that she would be in it, which is also sad because I want her to be in it. Um, oh, and uh, just to confirm what Tim said in the previous episode. This is depressing. The song How Bizarre was performed by New Zealand's owned OMC and the lead singer Polly Fumana did in fact die in 2010. And Tim, I can't believe you randomly knew that information. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, he was predeceased by his brother in 2005. Oh, how bizarre. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Come on. It was <laughs> it was right there. You were asking for it. <laughs> How bizarre. Um also apparently the proper pronunciation for Chloe uh <laughs> Chloe Seventy's name is Seventy. Okay. Not Savini, got it. Right. So that's good to know. And oh, when we were talking about the Weird Al movie, one of the things that I believe you mentioned, Matt, was what would what's Madonna think of this movie? Like, what does she think of, of how they portray her? So apparently, they figured out, <laughs> Al, Weird Al and his lawyers figured out that they actually did not need Madonna's opinion or permission to have her in the movie. They would have needed the rights. Uh, they wouldn't need to work with her for the rights to like a virgin for like a surgeon. But she didn't actually write like a virgin to like random producers did. So they just needed the permission from them, not from her. So they didn't consult Madonna at all about her <laughs> appearance in the movie. I love that. I know. <laughs> but apparently Weird Al Yankovic, he, he's like convinced that she would have found it funny. He's, he says she has a sense of humor. I think she'd find it funny. And supposedly H Evan Rachel Wood also believes she would find it funny. And uh, oh, and the reference, the thing about Weird Al peeing at the awards show and we were wondering if that was a reference to something. I believe that is a reference to Bradley Cooper's character peeing his pants at an award show in A Star is Born. What? <laughs> yeah, that happens. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a sad, it's a good movie. It's a very sad movie. Um, yeah. She, you know, he helps find Lady Gaga's character and mentors right. her and she becomes more famous than him. And then she wins an award at some show, I think. And then he goes mm. up with her and pees his pants while it's happening because he's he's drunk. OK, then it's a heavy movie. It's it's quite good. All right. All right. That's it for corrections. Let's move on to some news. The first poster for DC's upcoming Blue Beetle movie has been revealed and it features, shockingly, a Blue Beetle. More shockingly, if you look really close at the poster and squint, you can see Tobias Funke. He really blew himself there. <laughs> Adam Sandler says he stopped listening to critics soon after Billy Madison was released. In fact, he actually stopped listening to anyone who isn't in his Me and the Boys group chat. You know that's how he makes all of his decisions. I mean, on top of, hey, boys, where do we want to go on vacation? Exactly. I can get a studio to pay for it. <laughs> he actually stopped listening to anyone who isn't his travel agent. <laughs> the co-writer of Solo, A Star Wars Story, Jonathan Kasdan, hopes we see Amelia Clark's Kira again in a sequel or Disney Plus series, mainly because he just really wants people to know how she got her full name, Kira Traveling Alone. <laughs> you know star wars you can say is creatively bereft of a lot of things but naming isn't one of them no no but every i mean 
I like how they made that solo movie just to answer the question that everyone's been asking all these years. How the fuck did he get the last name Solo? You know? <laughs> and now we know it was some random desk jockey of an imperial officer who just like, mm, I don't know, this guy's got no family, huh? Okay. Right. Because in a world with names like Skywalker and so forth, we obviously assume that couldn't be his real last name. You know, <laughs> impossible. Perish the thought. Perish it. Lance Reddick and others have joined the cast of Anna de Armas's Ballerina, the John Wick spinoff to be directed by Len Wiseman. Wiseman said he's a little behind on pre-production because he's mainly been focusing on his plan to seduce Anna de Armas. <laughs> a new trailer for the Super Mario Brothers reveals that Mario Kart will be part of the movie. More impressively, the Mario Kart segments are apparently so faithful that the battle mode scene will destroy family dinners for years to come. It's not battle mode unless you now hate someone you previously loved. Well, if you didn't fucking hit me with that red turtle shell after <laughs> I just used my banana peel, this wouldn't be a situation, Alex. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry I brought it up. Tony Collette is going to star in Mafia Mama, a comedy about a suburban woman who inherits a mob empire, signaling the beginning of Collette's fuck it, they clearly don't want to give me an Oscar anyway phase. That's really... That's really what it feels like. <laughs> I mean, right? I, I had to I had to double check because I was like, she's won one by now, right? No, she's only been nominated for six cents. That's it. Wow, it's really? A, yeah, a fucking crime. Yeah. Not yeah, even like she, has she ever been bad no. in anything? Like it's no. completely insane. And people still talk about her performance in hereditary to this day. And uh, she wasn't yeah. even nominated for it. Yeah. Unreal. She lost her head over the whole subject. Uh! Uh, <laughs> Life of Pi and Gemini Man director Ang Lee is going to make a Bruce Lee biopic starring Ang Lee's son Mason Lee as the iconic martial artist. I I I just I have no joke. I just have to say, why do they keep trying to make Bruce Lee biopics when they already perfected it with Dragon the Bruce Lee story? That movie rules. It's Rob Cohen's only good movie. Like, come on. Like what's going on here? There was a second. There was another one that came only. It was only came out like the last five years. This is the third that I know of. They're trying to recapture the lightning in the bottle that was Dragon the Bruce Lee story. They really are. I guess it was just that movie was so good. They still use the like. Remember how they would use the music from that movie in like every trailer for like years? Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Unbelievable. The Academy has decided to air all twenty-three categories at the Oscars next year. They decided that skipping some categories again would be a real slap in the face. <laughs> Get your category out of your mouth. Or no. <laughs> Get my category's oh. name out of your motherfucking mouth. There you go. Warwick Davis claims David Bowie stuffed several socks down his pants for the movie Labyrinth. Ironically, Bowie actually did it so that he'd have suitable padding for his giant penis. <laughs> Thank you for giving me that one, Alex. <laughs> it just worked out timing-wise, but like like the the way it was like the order, and I was like, perfect. Excellent. Couldn't have planned it better myself. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are launching their own production company in an attempt to offer more equal pay for actors, directors, and behind-the-scenes crew in the financially complicated age of streaming. Unfortunately, Affleck's idea of equal pay is just Dunkin' Donuts gift cards. The gift that keeps on giving. They were there for him. They were there. Dunkin' Donuts was there for him when, when, he, when he needed them. 
Yeah. Affleck runs on Duncan. <laughs> also, a recent rumor has claimed that the less memorable Quicksilver, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Who? is the front runner to be the next James Bond. What? Yeah. Um, so it's funny because I'll get back to this later in the show, but I was watching another a movie recently and I was like with him in it and I was like, wait a second. Why haven't I heard him mentioned as a possibility for James Bond? And then literally I looked online and it I, the rumor had just come out. I I'm going to I'm going to say it now. I feel like he's probably going to get it. Okay. I have good luck guessing Batman and Bond castings. So, I um I'm going to see if my streak continues. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Take Alex's production to Vegas. Put money on it. <laughs> You'll get a healthy return. Also, speaking of crazy news, I'm sure people have heard there's this article going around that now that James Gunn and Peter Safran are are getting their plans together, that they killed uh, Wonder Woman 3. And there's all these rumors about there being a hard uh, reboot of the DCU. Um, I think that that's exaggerated. I'm thinking that they just are told Patty Jenkins that her script or treatment for Wonder Woman 3 does not work because the quote is like not going by in its current incarnation. It doesn't mean complete yeah. restart. Um, but I'm sure people have heard some of this news because it's all over the place over the last two days. Also, there were several high profile trailers released in the last few weeks, such as Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I sleep. <laughs> Transformers: Rise of the Beasts and I also, Cocaine Bear. I also sleep. Uh, <laughs> cocaine Bear. Yeah, that's what. That's what we're here for. Right. Cocaine Bear. Is that the only trailer that uh, got you going, Tim? Literally, Guardians of the Galaxy three. I'm like, all right, cool. Look at the 2001 uh, references. That's nice. Indiana Jones. <laughs> Man, no, no, thanks. Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. <laughs> okay, well, a few years late on that one. Cocaine Bear. I'm here for it. Wouldn't it be hilarious? If Elizabeth Banks ended up having the career that people thought Olivia Wilde was mm, going to have. Yeah, I know. Wow. Never did you see that. any of those trailers, Matt? Um, I did. I, um, well, I kind of do this thing where I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I like <laughs> notice them on, I don't go out of my way to see them, but I notice them on Facebook and I usually see them on silent without any 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 um dialogue lot, or anything yeah. but i did see all of them and mm. well let's see from not taking taking into account that i did not hear any of the dialogue um yeah cocaine bear is probably <laughs> looks the best out of all four of them guardians of the galaxy look seems very serious is this like the last one it seems very yeah. it's yeah, the last not one funny yep and it's heavily implied that some, at, at least one major character, if not multiple, yeah. die. Yeah, it'd be weird if it if it'd be weird if it's not Drax, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Drax is probably going to die, and something's happening to Rocket. Something. I feel different. like the Rocket's a bait and switch in the trailer. Mm. Think so. I feel like yeah, he will be a death doorstep and it'll be scary, but I think he's going to live happily ever after with his otter girlfriend or whoever that is. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Because either way, she's he's definitely going to be like one of the main. I feel like his arc's going to be the main arc of the of this movie, if I had to guess. Mm. Yeah. Other than Pete fi uh, finding Gamora again, if I had to guess. And uh, 
I'm going to say, like, I'm I'm curious about Indiana Jones because it's directed by James Mangold, and he's pretty good, yeah, he and good. he hates franchise working on franchises, so he must have been interested in this if they got him to do it. Sure. I mean, and here's what... Too bad Mutt died. Uh, I'm sorry. Too bad Mutt had to return to his planet. <laughs> My planet needs me. Um, I am excited for the fact that Sala's back. <laughs> Mutt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm interested in the fact that perhaps, um, oh, no, I forgot her name from Fleabag. Yeah. Is um, she going to take oh, up um, the mantle? Well, she's, yeah. Supposedly, no. I, uh, Supposedly, well, no one is taking up the mantle. Okay, That's fine. That's what I've heard. But I'm just happy that she may or may not be like one of Sala's kids mm. because it's in the trailer. She's like, you know, Indy's like, I'm her father. She's like, well, he's my godfather. And yeah. Yeah. So. What year does it take place in? The 60s. 60s. Uh, 60s. Swing in 60s. But Swing. I don't know if you put it together from the trailer and the name, but it's definitely about time travel. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is because <laughs> there's a lot of de-aging. There's a lot of de-aging. Yeah. From the shots I saw, the de aging looked pretty good. Yeah. It did look, it did look good, yeah. absolutely. I just, you know, I feel like the best way they could have done. Hang on, this is Tim's. Welcome to Tim's Hot corner take. of how we think we should have done a soft reboot of something. <laughs> uh, I'll come up with a pithy names next time. Yes. Uh, I think if they wanted to carry on the Indiana Jones franchise post Crusade, the smartest thing that they could have done was release a movie. In, like an an adventure movie don't have indiana jones in the title have it starring somebody else and then you reveal that this is indiana's kid at the end a la the last crusade with junior mm. <laughs> you know like at the end of the movie indiana jones is like where have you been you, you know the kid is just like ah oh, well whatever you know and then that's how you kind of break into your soft reboot maybe i don't know that would have been cool if they could have kept it secret yeah yeah, and just you know, Indy's Indy's an old man. Let him let him just be a just let him age into his life of academia. So what you're saying is they should make a movie with Mutt and then reveal yes. Indy at the okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I want to see the swinging monkeys, and then <laughs> everyone being like, "Man, this sucks!" And then the engines is like, "Where have you been?" And everyone's like, "Oh my god!" I'm definitely gonna rewatch that soon because I haven't seen it since the theaters. Yeah, I and haven't I just, seen. I just, I've only seen it once. You're right. I am being too hard on something I've not reevaluated. So good call. But I mean, I'm sure I still won't like it that much. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. And finally, and I'm just going to mention these because they mean something to me. Uh, yeah. We recently lost some legends that I'm certainly upset about, such as Cyborg and Nemesis director Albert Pune. We did a whole episode on Nemesis going mm -hmm. on and on about the wonder of him. I've learned a lot about him in recent weeks about how apparently a thing that producers say in Hollywood was if you only have $5,000, but you want it to look like 5 million, you get Albert Pune. Um, he, he made when at one point when they were doing the cyborg and they were forced to do reshoots, he filmed an entirely different movie in two days while they were filming the reshoots and he lit everything and staged everything for the cyborg reshoots based on his plan for the second movie he was making. Yeah, Albert Pune is a legend. He He's insane. He's insane. Often overlooked. Yeah. It's very sad. And considering all the movies that he made, he apparently was really upset before he died about movies he didn't get to finish. So yeah. that's definitely really sad. And then the Green Power Ranger himself, Jason David Frank, um, 
I was a little old when Power Rangers came around, but I thought Green Ra- the Green Ranger was like the coolest fucking dude on the planet. So uh, that's very I'm very upset about that. Same. I mean, green was my favorite color. So when they had the Green Ranger come out, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, well, maybe I'm not too old for this now. I don't know. He's just so fucking cool. Yeah. He got he's got like a little Mecha Godzilla. Effectively, it's just the best. Yeah. That he summons via dagger flute. <laughs> uh. You know, he's all badass, and he's like, "Let me let me bust out a quick tune on this knife flute I'm playing." Uh he's the greatest. Real shame. D- Jason David Frank was apparently a pretty good, pretty good guy too. So that's that's a shame. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough sad news. Let's move on to new releases. Oh, speaking of sad, new in theaters is the whale. A reclusive English teacher suffering from severe obesity who attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter for one last chance at redemption. The drama is directed by Darren Aronofsky. It stars Brendan Fraser, welcome back, buddy, Sadie Sink, Ty Simpkins, Samantha Morton, Hong Chow, and Ryan Hanky. Hanky? The Christmas Pooh. <laughs> Ryan Hanky, the Christmas Pooh. You may know Sadie Sink from floating while in the air while uh, Kate Bush is playing. There you, hey, there you go. Not so much sinking as floating. So Sadie oh, floating. Sadie floating. Yeah. Anyway, cut all that out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I will not. I know. Uh, new in theaters and Shutter is Christmas Bloody Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. And Tori just wants to get drunk and party. But when a robotic Santa Claus at a nearby toy store goes haywire and begins a rampant killing spree through her small town, she's forced into a battle for survival. The horror movie, maybe comedy as well, is written and directed by Joe Begos. Begos? Begos Lego my Begos? Lego my Joe Begos. It stars Riley Dandy, Sam Delish, Delic? Delish. <laughs> Sam Delish. Jonah Ray Rodriguez. Jonah Ray, using his full name because he's one serious actor time. Dora <laughs> Madison, Jeremy Gardner, Jeff Daniel Phillips, and Abraham Ben Ruby. I like how that the cast is both dandy and delish. Hey. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen any of Joe Begos' movies, but they're um they're interesting. He also did this movie called VHF. I mean uh um VFW. And this oh. movie, um, the Mind's Eye, which is like a really technically very cheap, uh, like the thing wannabe kind of with scanners thrown in. Um, he's very ambitious. I'll say that much. I, I am familiar with VFW, so yeah. I did not know that was him. Yeah. He also did this movie Bliss, which I've been meaning to see for several years, but I've never sat down and watched. No time like the present. I guess so. New on Apple TV Plus is Emancipation. A runaway slave forges through the swamps of Louisiana on a torturous journey to escape plantation owners that nearly killed him. The drama is directed by Antoine Fuqua. It stars Will Smith, Ben Foster, Charmaine Bingwa, Gilbert Awar. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Gilbert. <laughs> Mustafa Shankir and Stephen Ogue. Now on Netflix is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. A father's wish magically brings a wooden boy to life in Italy, giving him a chance to care for the child. The animated family drama is co-directed by Guillermo del Toro and Mark Gustafsson, featuring the voices of Ewan McGregor, David Bradley, Greg Lee Mann, Finn Wolfhard, oh boy, Kate Blanchett, hell yeah, John Turturro, Ron Perlman, what a shocker, Tim Blake Nelson, that makes sense, Ben Gorman, <laughs> Tilda Swinton, and Christoph Waltz. 
I wonder how many amber jars there are in this one since he only co-directed <laughs> it. Well, the good news is, is that the little boy is made out of wood and amber comes from trees, so plenty of amber. <laughs> Geppetto's just going to have a bunch of failed uh, Pinocchios and amber jars <laughs> in the background. Calling it now. I love it. I love this. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, new in theaters is Empire of Light. The importance of human connection and the magic of cinema during turbulent times in an English coastal town in the early 1980s. The romantic drama is written and directed by Sam Mendes. It stars Olivia Coleman, Michael Ward, Colin Firth, Toby Jones, Tom Brooke, Tanya Moody, Hannah Onslow, and Crystal Clark. It's one of those love letters to cinema movies. New in theaters is Matilda the Musical. An adaptation of the Tony and Oliver award-winning musical, Matilda tells the story of an extraordinary girl who, armed with a sharp mind and a vivid imagination, dares to take a stand to change her story with miraculous results. The musical is directed by Matthew Warkus. It stars Emma Thompson, Lashana Lynch, Andrea Riseborough and Stephen Graham. No relation to Andrea Fallborough. Oh boy. Well, um, not to be confused with Andrea Foxborough. <laughs> or Marlborough. Or Middleborough. Westborough. <laughs> or Southborough. <laughs> wow. Woodsboro. Wow, guys. I'm out. <laughs> There's a lot of boroughs. There's a lot of boroughs. All right, that's it for the new borough releases, which <laughs> means it's time for What Did We Watch This Week? Hello, girls. Caitlin, come help me in the kitchen. Hurry up, because I forget where it is. That's her mom. She's got amnesia. <laughs> what if you couldn't remember your real name, your first kiss, or your last goodbye? Honey, you have an ETA on that carrot? Stow it. And then suddenly... I used to do this! I'm a chef! No! Without warning... Give me something else! Celery! Italian! All your memories... Name's Charles. I'm coming back. ...came flooding back to you. Even Charlie? Long time. One bullet at a time. It came out in 1996, but this week we watched The Long Kiss Goodnight. Samantha Kane lives in a small town with her daughter. Eight years ago, she emerged, two months pregnant, from a nearby river with no memory of her past or who she is. However, she's getting close to finding out about her past. Not a good synopsis. The action thrill is directed by my boy, Rennie Harlan, who you may know from Die Hard 2, Deep Blue Sea, or... Or Nightmare on Elm Street 4, and written by Shane Black, who you may know from writing Lethal Weapon, The Last Boy Scout, writing and directing Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and he hopes you don't remember him from directing The Predator. It all, it stars Gina Davis, Samuel Jackson, Tom Amandes, Yvonne Zima, Brian Cox, Patrick Malahide, Scary Movie 4's Craig Bierko, and David Morse. One random fact about this movie is that it was made by Harlan as part of an effort to develop more female-led action movies for his then-wife, Gina Davis. So, as a warning, I'm sure there will be spoilers as we discuss The Long Kiss Tonight, so if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this, watch the movie, and come back. It was it was on Tubi right before uh, December, I believe, but now it's only on like Showtime, so I don't know. Maybe you have a DVD. Um, otherwise, let's dig right in. So, Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about The Long Kiss Goodnight? 
Wow, what a movie. They um <laughs> they they do not make movies like this anymore. No, they do not. And Sam Jackson does not play characters like this anymore. What a mouth on him <laughs> in this. Jesus. Oh, I know. Um, I know. Even me, I, I was like, oof. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the most woke person, but Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he really comes out the gate with some like pretty yeah, harsh I, sentences. Like basic, <laughs> basically, I, I mean, everything he says, but, I, but one of my favorite things is when, I mean, this is skipping ahead, but when Gina Davis um, becomes Charlie again. Yeah, mm-hmm. she kind of almost has his personality and his mouth, yeah. so to speak. And even he's like, "Oh Jesus, come on!" <laughs> like even he's taken aback by yeah how she talks and acts. But but yeah, what a dirty mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean those opening credits, very nice use of um the um polarized filter on the on photoshop or or however they <laughs> did it um or the negative you know like they like yep yeah i uh <laughs> good use of a voiceover to like bring us up to date with yeah. you know gina davis's character suzanne suzanne samantha 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 or samantha, samantha kane or charlie baltimore then, yeah charlie baltimore wow what a yeah. name Oh, what's Samuel L. Jackson's name? Um, Hennessy. Mitch Hennessy. Oh, right. Mitch Hennessy, yep. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, basically everything Samuel L. Jackson says. Um, <laughs> you know, the ass fucking, like. Wow, yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the first words, he, lines he says in the entire movie. Are you an ass it's fucking like, fan? Whoa. It's like, <laughs> Jesus, come down. Coming in hot. Coming he really in, doubles yeah. down on it too. He keeps it I going. I know. He just keeps saying it like over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Um the um that whole um the like car accident with the robotic deer, that whole sequence. Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> yes. And the robotic deer that she yeah. um I kind of love that she like so she, so she gets thrown from the car after they hit yep. the deer and she yep. falls and she kind of gets up and she looks up at the, you know, car that's engulfed in flames and doesn't <laughs> seem to feel the need to go check on the drunk gentleman <laughs> she was driving home, but has to like yep. wade through the water to cross the, you know, stream <laughs> to make sure to put the deer out of its misery. Yeah. I thought that it was, was interesting. Um, well, that's because the old man was getting handsy. So fuck I know he was like well, just that, let him it, burn, motherfucker. I like to believe that she's such a pro that she was able to tell he was dead from there, right? And yeah. she was like, "Oh, once it starts lighting up, if he was away, if he was alive, he would say something." So I, that's how I read it. But it, first time I saw it, I was like, "She's just gonna leave that dude there I know. <laughs> because it's that important that she mercy kills this deer." I know. I think the more important thing is it's never mentioned again. <laughs> I know. That's true. Like, that's like true. that poor guy just burned. Does no one know he's dead? He's either dead from the deer kick to the skull or dead from immol- immolation. But the point is, no one mentions it. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that, but that's a really good point, Tim. 
Yeah, I mean, this movie has a very interesting tone. It's almost like like a, I mean, I don't know if they wanted it to be funny or it's just funny because of the how it's dated. Um, I also, full disclosure, had a very strong memory of Gina Davis <laughs> and her, you know, the shower scene and then the bleaching of her hair and um, the eye makeup. You know, yep. it was 1996. I was really into Shirley Manson, like the eye makeup. <laughs> but I honestly don't, don't, didn't remember anything else about the movie. So this was, I, I kind of felt like I was watching this for the first time again. That's cool. But it has that, this weird, like film noir kind of wicked campy vibe. So. That's kind of what Shane Black's known for yeah. is his kind of like modern noir where it's very serious and violent, but at the same time, very quippy and kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, that this is this I'd say tonally is pretty in line with most of his movies. Um, I enjoyed that that bit of it pretty much like the the like dream sequence where like <laughs> Charlene cuts Samantha's throat and like. The like, the exterior shot of the correctional facility that the random one-eyed guy is, <laughs> you know, like so evil. Like, oh my god, I know. Like, look like Arkham Asylum. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that he got that dude gets stabbed in his eye with a syringe, and that's how he loses oh, yeah. his eye. Let's see. I'll I'll just read a couple more things. Um, let's see. Life is pain. Get used to it. <laughs> She says that to her kid, right? Yeah. Just like you do, Matt, to your children. There was also right? a moment, I don't remember. <laughs> oh my God, I know. Don't even, yeah. Um, <laughs> Dad of the year over here. Um, no, you don't. You're good. She, I also enjoy that um, she, th- well, yeah, um, picking up on that. She she throws her daughter out of a hole, like a <laughs> shotgun hole in the house and just yeah. flings her through that hole into her very tree cool treehouse, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. I like that she just kept saying chefs do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that was funny. Um, the portable phone, LOL. Um, I like when Sam Jackson calls her a foxy bitch. Um, <laughs> and then Larry King, LOL. And then... The, oh yeah, and then the credit yep. song is a Tracy Bonham song. LOL. I was trying to figure out who that was because it was Wicked Nineties. Who sang I was like, mother, "Who's this mother. Wicked Nineties song?" Yeah, mother, <laughs> that's mother. Right. Um, that's right. All right, I will end with that. Feel free to jump on in. Oh, I'll just say on the Larry King note that does have my favorite Mitch Hennessy part because he's just like well i'm frank always frank and earnest. earnest with women uh in new york i'm frank and chicago i'm earnest and he just starts cracking up at his own jokes so he's like so tickled pink that he got yeah. to say this to larry king on tv uh yeah no it's a yeah they don't make uh, these types of uh movies uh well anymore i should say um it's like campy in the right places it's serious in the other and other places you know uh like mitch hennessy and samantha slash charlie like that relationship develop gets pretty good because it's also funny of just how like 
Mitch is also just like, all right, I will adapt to this situation. I'm uncomfortable. Wait, and now I'm cool with it. All right, I figured yeah. you out. <laughs> you know, um, even though it's pretty quick, it 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 works. Like I I yeah. never remember being like, they're friends now. You know, yeah. it just kind of happens. Yeah, once she became full time Charlie, you know, yeah. he's just like, okay, or okay, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm getting into this. Um, I figured, okay, yep. Yeah. Uh, you'll kick my ass lady uh got it i will defer to you <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it's just so loud of a movie not just you know aurally like it is just loud in your face of like this is what we are we're we're a 90s action movie baby oh, like yeah. we got samuel l jackson in his samuel l jackson assist i guess like he's just full-on sam jackson mode <laughs> yeah. um like you said like just the dialogue that they had him spewing out is crazy um oh man yeah it's like his misogyny oh uh <laughs> <laughs> maybe not misogyny i think it's more just horn doggedness yeah um which is probably a form of misogyny. I don't know, but he doesn't hate women. He really loves them to the point of objectification. Um, <laughs> there you go. There we go. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> just that other one dialogue from Mitch. What about your daughter? Uh, what's her name? Cathead? And she's like, no, it's Caitlin. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, has, uh, he, he does have some really great lines. Yeah. It's, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, appreciation, appreciative moment since you brought it up again, Matt, for throwing her, chucking her daughter out the whole the side <laughs> of the hole in her house. Because you have to understand that shotgun was not just a normal shotgun; it had a fucking grenade launcher attached onto it. So good. Yeah, it was serious. It, it was so confusing watching the movie because first is blam, shotgun blast. Okay, all of a sudden, wait a minute. There is a rocket emanating from this gun, blowing a hole in the side of their house now. What's that about? And then he's out of bullets. <laughs> yep. He planned that well. Yeah, I know. Uh, I appreciate that uh, the main villain, its name is Timothy. <laughs> I know. Timothy. So, so rarely is my name used uh for a villain but i always believe that it is used because it's also kind of an annoying name to be hounded by <laughs> like like oh great timothy kicked my ass like that sentence doesn't feel good you know what i mean so do you want to be embarrassed by something say someone named timothy did it you know what i mean like i think that kind of helped elevate that he's just like this timothy is really a sociopathic shithead but no one wants to say that because then they'll be like, yeah, Timothy punched me. Mm. <laughs> but no. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Brian Cox. I forgot he was. I oh, completely I forgot yeah. he was in this movie. And it being 1996. I'm like, Brian Cox is probably going to look different. No, Brian Cox does not look different. Know, isn't that no. crazy? <laughs> it is crazy yep. to me. So way to go, Brian also, Cox. I don't know how, how, how kind of portly he like i didn't realize he was so portly like he kind of has a big butt like badonkadonk you know what i mean <laughs> he used um, to be pretty large I, didn't, I think he's lost some weight i didn't realize he has lost some weight but yeah 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 he had i mean junk in that yeah, good for him <laughs> yeah, yeah brian cox you know he does believe, the man believes in squats okay? yeah but yeah i mean it's just like 
I, I forgot David Morse was in it too. And I'm yeah. like, oh shit, David Morse. He's another that guy actor for me. Oh, I yeah, always, yeah. Um, it's like, oh, well, shit. Um, but yeah, it's just the over the top action was just like, wow, I, for, I, I miss it when it's done well like this. Yes. Because it's not the frenetic cutting that is the plagues. Maybe plagues being too harsh, but the frenetic cutting around, you know, of today's modern, uh, you know, filmmaking is it's tiring. It's boring, ironically enough. And then this you had I felt like I had the right kind of pacing for their action. So it was nice. Yeah, yeah. it was nice to be there again. I agree. Alex. Oh, oh man. Um, yeah, everyone might want to take a seat. So it's no secret. I love 90s action movies. Right. So much. My favorite genre and my favorite subgenre of that is Christmas <laughs> 90s action Christmas action movies. I I just love the combo. It's a, it's so great. So yeah, I love this fucking movie so much. Um I love the 90s action vibes of it. Um of the especially how it was shot. I think it's a very good-looking movie. I feel like back then movies like like these kind of movies weren't really known for being good looking unless maybe it was like a Tony Scott movie. But this is a pretty cool looking movie. Uh, the yeah. director of photography was uh, Guillermo Navarro, who directs movies now, um, or at least he did a few things. He did one of those Cabin of Curiosity shorts. Um, he worked. He, he used to be Guillermo del Toro's uh, go to guy. He did Pacific Rim, Hellboy 1 and 2. He also did Jackie Brown and Spawn. And from Dust Till Dawn. I mean, what oh, a wow. pedigree this guy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really well shot movie. The the like snowy drive at night scenes, I think, look really cool. There's yeah. a really great helicopter shot of Atlantic City. And then there's that amazing shot of the helicopter going over Niagara Falls near the end. Mm-hmm. Like such a good shot. Um, and there's a really good, like, smoky fight scene near the end with Charlie just beating the shit out of a bunch of people. Good shit. Um, also, I, I think this is probably, and I, this probably isn't even really a bold statement. I don't know how, who would argue with me on this. I would say this is Rennie Harlan's best movie. I would say this is his effective masterpiece. Like, what else would get in the way, you know? Um, I love Die Hard too, but I wouldn't say it's like peak cinema. I think this is his, yeah. his best movie. Um, and he, he's really good at action and he's good at horror. Um, and he like uses both in this movie. Like that whole deer car crash scene, as you mentioned, is completely insane. Like the the animatronic deer goes through the window. (laughs) It's very like Sam Raimi for a second, like the way it goes through the window. And it's, it's just a completely insane scene. And he just leans into the horror of it, which I think is amazing. The fire in the background, and 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 what a great way for the audience to find out that something's up with her. Like it, it, it just creates all these questions and doesn't answer anything. Mm-hmm. The whole thing where they're jumping out the window, shooting out the ice—that's done so well. Oh, yeah. The the water torture scene is brutal, especially with the reveal of Cox Cox's body being underwater. I know. It's like whoop, killed off screen. I know. What a way to do it. Like what a way to find out. Um, I remember being actually shocked by it the first time I saw the movie. Um, love the whole going blonde montage with the mirror gag where she looks like Samantha when she opens the mirror and then she closes the mirror and she's blonde. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it transitions into the mirror on the ceiling with uh, Samuel Jackson looking in the mirror. Very well done. Good directing. 
awesome. I love, as you mentioned, like the flashback to Charlie's death because it looks like completely insane. It doesn't look like a real world. Fantastic. I love the, the giant explosion and stunt as Mitch is shot out of the exploding hotel. That was really well done. <laughs> um, the knife toss after was really cool. Mitch shooting guys while Charlie spotted for him. I thought that was awesome. The whole like end climax, like with the bridge is just insane. It's probably one of the best 90s action finales because like she's like, suck my dick, every one of you. <laughs> and then like... <laughs> And then, like, there's this good end fight with 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 Scary Movie Four's Craig Bierko, and I think like that's important in these movies. Like, you want the fight, the end fight, to be one on one, villain versus the hero, and we get that, and then we get we we think he's dead, but in the classic fashion, he comes back. Mitch plowing the car through the truck, completely insane. Yeah, and then like. <laughs> The whole, like, flying up the Christmas lights, grabbing the gun, popping yeah. down, exploding. Probably one of the biggest fucking explosions I've ever seen in a movie. And it just keeps going. Yeah. But don't forget that sweet charred corpse from oh, the lights. Ooh, I know. Of course not. I know. So good. Um, and the other thing that I think is interesting is that as far as I can tell, possibly because it was, like, his baby for, like, his for working with his wife... Seemingly, Rennie Harlan did not use a second unit director for this movie. I could find really? no record of a second unit director. There's a bunch of assistant directors who don't really typically do directing. They do like more like arranging yeah. and coordinating. Um, seemingly, he did. He shot everything himself, which Interesting. is fairly unusual, I would say. Um, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Gina Davis. Hmm. Wow. I know. So good in this movie. Um, I love the transition from her being this, like, small town, you know, mom to being this full-blown action hero. That's that great combat role out of the car when she has the <laughs> rifle. She does that amazing smoking lecture to the kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but she, like, takes the cigarette. Oh, my God, so good. Um, the way that she, like, realizes she cares about her family while she's looking through a sniping rifle, sniper rifle deciding whether or not she wants to do something else. She does that scene so well. That amazing skating chase. <laughs> she's so good in this. She, she has the exact kind of acting charisma as, like, her male contemporaries at the time. You'd yep. think she'd been doing action movies for years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy that this is pretty much it, other than I guess Cutthroat Island or whatever. Also by Rennie Harlan, um, and her saying "You're gonna die screaming!" Like fuck yeah, I know. <laughs> As I mentioned, it's Christmassy and it's very Christmassy. A lot of people like to give people like me shit for calling movies like Die Hard Christmas movies, but this is actually a pretty Christmassy movie, pretty Christmassy action movie. So you know, I think that's okay. Another thing I liked is I think it's a pretty non-condescending female-led action hero, action movie. Agreed. I think it is, you know, uh, she's treated with just as much agency as any of the male characters. She's not really sexualized other than that, like, brief shot of her in the shower, which I'm assuming she must have been fine with. She was a major creative force on the movie. Mm -hmm. um, I loved how cool and supportive her husband was. Like, what a bro. Yeah. Like, super cool. Um Sam Jackson, I thought was great in this. I, 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 as I wrote down when I was watching it again, that his powers were put to good use. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> really big intro, like a little uncomfortable, but man, what an intro! The drunk guys working with him, huh. he, it, like, he was just such a great in over his head con artist kind of character. Um, 
<laughs> like and, and yeah he was just so good like when she tries to like seduce him to kind of like prove that she's charlie or whatever and he schools her on who she really is the whole scene with him smoking in the middle of the street was so ridiculous but like sam jackson just like sold it completely supposedly this supposedly this is sam jackson's favorite role of all of his roles oh wow really um that's something he said at some point which i think is cool and i think it's definitely one of his best I'll say that I like the music. There's a lot of good songs in the movie. And there's a whole scene where she's getting ready and they're playing She's Not There. And I feel confident that part of the reason Quentin Tarantino put She's Not There in Kill Bill 2 is because of this movie. Mm, I can see that. The score was really good. It's by Alan Silvestri, um, who was, again, pretty, pretty big at the time, doing a lot of good movies. He's also responsible for some of the only Marvel movie music I even remember. Um, end game oh wow yeah i yeah. mean the music that they actually keep on using in Mar- in marvel promo <laughs> promo stuff well like there was that sweet tune they play about tony stark when he dies or when he's alone in space it's very nice it's very memorable and then all the music when like cap is fighting thanos is just like peak fucking alan silvestri shit really good shit no relation to mark silvestri right no, no, just uh, just just luck. Darn. And then the last favorite thing I'll mention is, as I mentioned earlier, the fucking Shane Black script. This was when Shane Black was just like powering things out. I believe if I remember correctly, I think it was this. Maybe it was Last Boy Scout. But at the time, he set a record for the highest paid uh, screenwriter of all time or something like that, because he was Whoa. just he was so hot at the time, mm. like everything, you know, lethal he worked on lethal weapon he got credit for last action hero he wrote last boy scout um i'm forgetting a bunch of others i'm sure but yeah he was he was really big at the time um and the like and shane black's a really good writer he's very clever but he's pulpy the the title is amazing i think long kiss goodnight is a fantastic title for a movie and there's all these great jokes in there like uh the creepy guy is like how often do you blah, 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 and does the finger thing? And she goes, stick our fingers in our hands and pull them out again. <laughs> Every chance we get. Um, and then when they call the bad guy at one point and they say we saw something disturbing, he goes, yeah, I saw it too. It was called Baywatch Nights. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so funny. And then he, <laughs> Mitch complains about blowing his dick off with the, with the gun with in his gun. pants or whatever. And she goes, now yeah. you're a sharpshooter. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That was some good. That, that, and that's, what, that's where... That, you know, really helped, you know, get their relationship going. Yeah. You know, she you does. Know? She doesn't take shit from him. She gives him shit, you know. Yeah. You can see he has a good sense of humor about it. I loved him pulling the gun when she's almost being mugged. And he's like, this ain't no ham and rye. Would have been here sooner. But I was thinking up that ham on rye line. Right. Like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She was like, you born this stupid. Did you take lessons? I took lessons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's just so good. It's just such a good script. And the characters are really clear. There's actual emotion to the to the what's going on in the movie in the midst of all this insane violence. Um, one thing that Shane Black loves doing in a lot of his movies, and he, he does it in this movie, is he sets up little ways for people to know where guns are. Like yeah. he does his little song about putting his gun in his pocket. So when they're attacked later, she knows that the gun's in his pocket and shoots through his pocket. Yeah. When... When uh when Cox talks about how he always keeps a gun near his dick because guys yeah. don't want to check there, that comes into play later. Yeah. Shane Black does that in movies. He, it's it's great. Well, also even Mitch saying that he, I never did one thing right in my life. Now that takes skill, and like the, he constantly plays up his bad luck, right? Yep. 
like that pays off in terms of that knife throw. Yeah. I would argue. That's one of the reasons, like that's, Shane Black loves making these movies that from afar look like dumb, mindless action movies, but there's all this shit in them, <laughs> you know? Well, well it's, th- there are all these little setups that pay off. Yeah. Which, wonderful. So, do you have any honorable mentions or things you had mixed emotions about, sometimes known as the cronies, in honor of David Cronenberg? Um, I mean, cronies for the robot deer. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I, I can see that. The, like, split-second, like, close-up of its, like, face, like, as it goes through the, like, windshield and, like, the tongue, <laughs> you know? And the legs flailing around. the legs yeah. flailing around. No, thank you. Yep. <laughs> and then R will mention to, um, I meant to look up her name and I never did, but, um, in the beginning, Samuel L. Jackson's ah! partner. Trin. Yeah. Played Trin. by Melina uh, Kanakik. Kenakaritas. Yeah. I forget what she's from, but I feel like she's another one of those people that are in like everything. Providence. You know. <laughs> yeah, she was great. Yeah. Yeah, she was funny. Yeah, that that's yeah, you you nailed snaked my uh honorable mention. It was gonna be for Trin. Trin. Yeah, give it up for Trin. She's a good business partner, you know. She does all the hard work. Yeah. yeah. Uh and Samuel L. Jackson Mitch Hennessy does have to pay her more, as it was said in the movie. Yep. Yeah. Um but I really think since Trin, we're worshiping at the altar of Trin, uh, I really think, oh, wait, crony-wise, for me, it's letting the old man burn to death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just no, because that's it's pretty, like- That's pretty messed up. Right. Because like, maybe he's dead already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're never going to talk about this deeply traumatic event. Okay. <laughs> Like, did he wake up as soon as the scene ended? Like, oh, my God. Well, because they show the fire creeping up, and I think he kind of, like, moves a little bit. Like, he's <laughs> like, uh, like, he might still be alive, but I don't know. Brutal. Anyway. For me, uh, honorable mention to what I consider to be, you, you mentioned this already, Matt, what I consider to be well good use of a voiceover. Yeah. Is used to provide backstory and give us a sense of who she is and... um. I, I thought that was great. I think when you use it in the beginning to give us extra exposition that we the movie doesn't have time for, and the character is interesting, and we get some jokes or something from it, and if it's used in a wrap up way sometimes too, I think that's okay. I, I thought this was this was a good usage of a voiceover. Yeah, absolutely. And it's tricky. It's tricky to use voiceover well. Yeah, exactly. As we as we've talked about. Um, also, an honorable mention, I guess this is a crony, that this may be the best Black Widow movie we'll ever get. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, this is the kind of thing that the Black Widow movie could have been. Well, you don't like, you don't like really bad special effects explosions <laughs> and someone slowly kind uh, of being pushed back by it? <laughs> I don't dis, I actually like the Black Widow movie, but it's just, uh, I know, all I think been- when I see it is like, you could have been a contender. You could have, could been, have been fucking more. the long kiss goodnight. I mean, come on. Yeah, could I have know. been. She had the hair. I know. I know. Very. I never even put that together. Very Charlie Baldwin. Um, the fucking cutting scene. I'm a chef. Chefs do that. Um, <laughs> honorable mention to Scary Movie Four is Craig Bierko. Um, I'm always gonna say he's. That's how I'm always gonna mention him. Um, as a great <laughs> hammy villain. I love the whole scene yeah. with him finding out that that's his daughter. And how mm-hmm. he's clearly affected by it, but he's such a piece of shit that it does not change what he does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I guess I'll just kill her anyway. Oh, my God. And speaking of that, 
when you know because charlie says like look into her eyes those are your eyes right yep and then samuel L. jackson somehow knows that scene transpired because oh, yeah. because at the end he he sees like cat head we'll call her <laughs> and he says like he's like you have beautiful eyes you have your mother's eyes don't let anyone else tell you otherwise <laughs> yeah yeah i agree with that honorable mention to the tree house as you mentioned awesome tree tree house cronies for the weird i don't know if you guys picked up on this i think they first used it in the water torture scene it's this weird like music cue that is definitely a slowed down voice that's like oh wow yes (laughs) and and they use it a couple times when like something like evil is happening in the movie Mm. um i both like it and thought it was kind of weird um honorable mention to that insane hotel at the end of the movie that they effectively blow up oh yeah um Honorable mention to the peeing baby gag. And uh, also, finally, honorable mention to Chekhov's flaming guy hanging from Christmas lights with a submachine gun. There you go. <laughs> there you go. When I watched this again, like a, a, like a year ago or something, I was like, I can't remember. Is that a Chekhov's flaming guy hanging from Christmas lights? And it was. The only thing, the only Chekhov, we didn't get Chekhov's mentioning like you said, when Sam put the gun in his pants before and blow my dick off, yeah. was that check off someone's dick's going to get blown off in this movie? No, unfortunately. You know, I'm surprised you, you would think that that would be in there. That, that would be a very Shane Black thing to do. I mean, it's 96. Maybe that that was the boundary back in 96. <laughs> yeah. yeah, couldn't blow off dicks back then. What didn't you like about the long kiss goodnight? Was there anything that confused you? Nobody's dick got blown off. There you go. <laughs> <sighs> Um, no, not really. I mean, yeah, not really anything confusing. I, I, parts of it, I was like, I felt like it was more of an 80s action movie than a nine. Like, yeah, it, like the tone was, was, I would not call this like, I was surprised at how 80s it was for a movie made in 1996. Yeah. I agree, but it's like one of those things where like what we think of as a decade is usually closer to being like I halfway know. through that decade and halfway through the next. Yeah, Because exactly. yeah, like I've been really on a huge like 90s action movie kick for the last like, I don't know, 41 years. And um, <laughs> I've been shocked to learn how many movies I thought originally were made in the 80s were actually made in the 90s. Yeah, man. So yeah. It's but almost like we were, those are our formative years or something. <laughs> I know, right? Anyway, get off my lawn. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, my critique of the film is that it definitely suffers from that, you know, peak action movie bloat in the fact that this movie would have worked perfectly if it was just about Samantha Charlie, like, just rediscovering herself and the life that she wants and had, you know, versus who, you know, and just, and like rescuing her kid. Right. But then right. the bloat comes in where it's just like, wait, wait, wait. Okay. She's got to rescue her kid. Okay. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Now we got to deal with the false flag operation. Right. Okay. Right. Wait, 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 wait. Now her kid escapes into the truck. That's going to explode oh because the kid doesn't know. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Now <laughs> you're just like, all right, I get it. Like the stakes keep on getting raised. Yes. Can we we don't need to do this, fellas. This movie was strong enough without it. Like if Charlie just 
stops the false flag operation without the her kid crawling into the truck that is <laughs> going to detonate, that would have been fine. Yeah. You know, if Charlie stops the false flag operation and the false flag operation is just mentioned in passing and she just puts a stop to it because she's rescuing her kid and oops, I killed all you bad guys. That would have worked too. But, but so yeah, I mean, yes, it's the huge explosion. You need that big set piece, which I think is what it was all about. That was the formula, yep. right? Yep. You know, Die Hard blew up a building. We got to blow up something too. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think that's the main uh, detriment to this film is it does feel like that formula weighs it down when it could have been actually, I think, a little transcendental considering when the time it was made in. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I will say the I the only bad thing about this movie, in my opinion, that it wasn't it wasn't properly appreciated in its time. It it didn't bomb, but. No. Um, it's it's I would say that of like this this world of like over the top somewhat noir influenced action movies, um, I would say this is easily one of the best. So it's kind of it's kind of shocking that this isn't always like everyone mentions like Die Hard and like Last Boy Scout and and all the like Lethal Weapon and all that stuff. And it's it's shocking how long it takes some people to mention the Long Kiss Kodite. I. I think it's definitely one of the best of that world. Absolutely. So that's kind of a bummer because I think Gina Davis could have had a hell of an action career if she wanted to. Yeah. And then confusing what confusion based, as you mentioned, Tim, why the fuck did the kid hide in that part of the truck? What a completely <laughs> insane hiding spot. It, yeah, it, it suffers from like, I don't know. She's a kid. Make her do a kid stupid <laughs> thing. I don't Kids know. Kids are stupid, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure kids are stupid. I really feel like Cutthroat Island, because Cutthroat Island came out a year before this. Yeah. And I feel like, unfortunately, because Cutthroat Island's a bit of a mess, I think that's kind of was not enough people wanted to give Long Kiss Goodnight a chance, which yeah. is unfortunately. It, it uh, Cutthroat Island almost killed New Line Cinema, so apparently that was a big, uh, people think that's really one of the reasons that this movie didn't blow up more, mm. was the stink of Cutthroat Island. Do you have a favorite death scene? Oh, shit. I mean, Greg Bierko. Bierko. Oh, you mean Scary Movie Force Craig Bierko? Yeah. Scary Movie Force Craig Bierko, <laughs> for sure. Die screaming. Because he obviously, I mean, he should have died when he fell into the water. Right. Obviously. But, although, sh I mean, honestly, should have Gina Davis when she fell into the water. <laughs> but I guess, you know, sometimes you live. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I got to go with One-Eyed Jack. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yep. He just gets brutalized by a non-fully aware Charlie at that stage. You know, the, the Charlie personality is barely coming out. And she just <laughs> destroys him. And it's great. <laughs> it is pretty great. It's what chefs do, right? It's what chefs do. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to give honorable death to that animatronic deer just because it's so memorable <laughs> or and or the guy in the car because it's so horrible um but I know, right? i i'm gonna give it to scary movie four is craig bierko it's just so, so <laughs> insane he gets shot falls on top of a tanker truck that's about to explode he blows up you see the explosion like start from right under where he is yeah. oh, it's just it's just yeah. completely insane yeah what a way to go 
Would you give any random aesthetic choices in the Long Kiss Goodnight a breaky award in honor of the Windbreakers in the Neil Blancan movie Demonic? Sam Jackson's green suit, yep. baby. And yes, that thank hat, you. That that like yes, that wild thank hat. You. His fuzzy, his fun, his fuzzy Kango the that he has another version Kangle. of too, and the like yellow turtleneck. Yeah, so I good. call that like golf club funk. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what it feels like to me. Like yeah, <laughs> you go to the golf club but make it a little funky. But also yeah. that motel room or the hotel room, the fancy. Hotel, yes, you know, so good. Yeah the the Atlantic City hotel room, right? Yeah. Where she yeah. dyes her hair. Yeah, I know. The glass everywhere. Uh, uh, Mirrors. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're all in a guy. Unless you got something different, Alex. I mean, that fucking Sam Jackson green golf club funk. Uh, well, I mean, a couple other things that almost made it to the breakies this year <laughs> was uh, Trish. Was that yeah. her name, Trish? Trish. Um, with her giant hair and her frilly red shirt when she's calling him. Um I love the image of of Samantha balancing the knife on her finger. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Sam's other coat, the reddish leather coat that it, she shoots she shoots through the um, pocket. But yeah, the the his his fuzzy green hat and the green coat, the hotel room. Um, but I think for me, in terms of pure enjoyment, because I'll always remember it, I'm going to give my breaky to Gina. Uh, or Charlie in her skates with her blonde hair, black coat, you know, coat, black pants, and the rifle. Um, mm. Just what an image, you know? What an image. So would you recommend The Long Kiss Goodnight? And if so, who would you recommend it to? Um, yeah, I um, I definitely recommend it. Let's see. Who would like <laughs> this movie? I mean, I feel like really anyone who likes fun action movies that are like this from the 80s and 90s would obviously like this movie and you know again 40 year olds (laughs) (laughs) i yeah i mean yeah i would recommend this but i think it works to the younger audience as well i think it's just a solid action movie yeah yeah anyone can like this movie i think i agree i think this is one of the more universal of that genre i feel like people who don't necessarily like the 90s action genre could probably still get down with this movie finally and most importantly would you watch the long kiss goodnight again i think we uh, i'm assuming we all would have it's gonna be my new christmas tradition i i i've been watching it every christmas for the last few years it's a really good uh it's a good christmas watch even like i just watched it and even just talking about it i already want to watch it again right yeah, it's great. Before we go, did either of you watch any other movies this week that you'd like to quickly recommend or not recommend? I watched something that you watched as well. Yes. And um, would you recommend Bullet Train, Tim? <laughs> uh, that's a hard one. My gut says no. Wow, it's bad. It looks kind of good. Some people like it. Yeah, it's a lot of flash. Alex, you didn't like it? No. Wow. I did not. I did not. It's it's it it wants to be court it like it wants to be something so bad. Yeah. It, you know, that's what it's it's like look how wacky zany we are, look how stylish. I thought we it are. was gonna be Isn't like this funny like knives out on a train or something. God no. no not even close to that interesting. No. Wow, that's too bad. Yeah, no, it and it, it strived to be flashy and cool and funny and it 
failed pretty hard. Wow. Uh, there are there are some interesting characters, but they only have moments of intrigue and like, okay, that's cool. Or oh, that's interesting that 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 small little bit of depth you gave that character was. Oh wait, oh it, we've moved on. Okay, we've moved on. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's too bad. Yeah, like there was some good action in it, but I was bored. Yeah, you know, and the characters were interesting, I guess, but there were just too many of them, and it was just so insistent. You know those movies where they like. Like like the first Suicide Squad where they introduce a bunch of characters and they're like, yeah. here's this character that you're totally going to like, you fucking idiot. And then you're like, I suppose I, I do like you. Yeah, you, like, no, I don't, don't like this like. character. They're like, here, yeah. just eat your slop, you stupid movie watcher. <laughs> you know, and like it just feels so like belittling sometimes. Yeah. Wow. And, the, metrics, um, the metrics say that this will test really well. So, yeah. I, yeah, man, I'm not feeling it. It, it. This has definitely gotten me to believe um, that David Leach is the lesser of the original John Wick directors. Um, Chad yeah. Stileski has Stileski? I don't know. He stuck around and kept working on the John Wick movies, whereas David Leach was like, I'm the good one. I'm going to go on and make Deadpool 2, which I, I would say is the only good movie he's made on his own. And some yeah. people don't even like Deadpool 2. He's a good producer, though. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And I guess for the people who don't like Deadpool 2, they just don't like a bigger X-Men universe, apparently. <laughs> apparently, yeah. It's X-Force. It was so good. <laughs> X-Force. I mean, come on. What that? What was the guy? Peter? Mm-hmm. Peter was the best. Yeah. Anyway, I will also say that I saw The Fablemans. Mm. Oh, boy. Um, Did you cry? Um, I, f- I felt strong feelings it's quite good it is very very like pretty accurate to steven spielberg's life um other than names um it is pretty much an autobiography um and it's act it's there's some scenes in it that are like really really funny like some of the funniest things i've seen in a movie in a long time like this girl he dates in high school is so fucking funny and every scene with her is hilarious like and i was just like (laughs) i forget that like Steven Spielberg is really funny. Like we we forget because yeah. he's so good at everything that you forget he's good at everything. Yeah. <laughs> and like when he pulls out comic chops and timing, he's just he's so funny. Um yeah, it, it's it's good. It's a very pretty movie. Um I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Had an interesting ending. <laughs> I'll I'll say this much. David Lynch plays John Ford, the director. Oh, who no. is Steven Spielberg's favorite director and it's based on they have an interaction and it's based on a real interaction that Steven Spielberg had with him when he was younger. And it's fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. And there's a really the way that the movie ends is pretty clever. Like the final shot is is cool. And some people might think it's okay, but I thought it was really interesting. Is it a shark in the water? <laughs> no, it's funny. There's like some memes going around like like they take shots in the movie and, and change the like captions, like the subtitles to make it look like his mom's like, you'll never make Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> or like people will never care about close encounters of the first kind. Third, third kind. Third kind. <laughs> third kind. In this universe, it's first kind. No. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, it's I I I liked it. I liked it a bit, uh, quite a bit. I'm definitely going to see it again. But more importantly, I saw yeah. Violent Night. That is, yeah. I can't believe we beat around the bush too long. We got to get to this one. And I fucking loved it. I oh, good. loved it. Produced by David Leach, because again, oh, he's a good producer. Interesting. 
I thought it was really, really, really fucking good. I had such a blast with it. Great Christmas action movie. David Harbour is fantastic as Santa. So many references to other Christmas action movies. Uh, like, for instance, John Leguizamo had, as we I think we mentioned before, had an, a uh, no-lines part in Die Hard 2. Here he plays the villain. And there's a snowmobile chase just like there was in Die Hard 2. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, I I loved it. Like, fantastic movie. What a blast. Gave me all these good feelings about, like, 90s action movies, but kind of updated for today. Sweet messages in it, too, technically. Um, very funny. Yeah, it was great. Susie thought, Susie saw it with me, actually, and uh, oh. she liked it, too. She thought it was, like, 10, 10 or so minutes too long, which I, I agree with, but, yeah, I thought it was awesome. It was great. Nice. Supposedly, they want to make a sequel, and I'm down. There we go. Train culture. Constantly. Up oh, the sound of one of the great lines from Alien Resurrection means we are out of time. We'll be back the Monday after next with a new episode, assuming Gina Davis doesn't mercy kill us after a car accident on a snowy country road before then. Hmm. <laughs> if you have any questions for me, Matt or Tim, you, re- you can reach us through our email, aiptmoviespod at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at aiptmoviespod. If you like this podcast or any of the other great podcasts, articles, or features on AIPT, you can help support the site and the people who work on it by signing up for a Patreon at patreon.com slash AIPTcomics. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, it's okay to love movies. They may not be able to love you back, but they'll always be there for you. Bye. No, no. I sock him in the jaw and yell, Pop Goes the Weasel. <laughs>